This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. We have a, I mean, I have a Father's Day message for you today. Amen. And, um, and the title of it is Attributes, I think, of a Godly Father. Amen. And um, God is so good. So, so really, God really wants us reflecting his character. Do you believe that today? God wants us to be like him. And some people say, no, you can't be like him. Well, Jesus was teaching his disciples. You know, he was training them up. And to be a disciple is to be one taught of the Lord and to really to emulate God. So God wants us emulating him. He, he wants us to be, uh, you know, following him and emulate him, emulate his characteristics. And really one of the greatest characteristics of God is his love. Would you would you agree with that? And God's love is, is awesome. And um, and so really God loves uh, uh, us and he loves really the family. God created us. He created Adam and Eve and he created them and he loved them. And I'm going to say this. God loves family and God 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 created family. That's why God created the church, because see, a church is is a family. Of believers that come together in like-mindedness and like faith and, and we bless each other and we encourage each other and, and, and we, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're here together and, and God blesses us together. Amen. So God loves family. Somebody say God loves family. And so a godly father, the first key or uh, attribute of a godly father that he has a great love for his family. And, and so, so godly fathers have great love for the family. And I like what it says in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. It says, husbands, love your wives. Amen. We got an amen on there. I, you know what's interesting about Paul writing this? It's funny he had to write this that, to, to the husbands that they need to love their wives. <laughs> so does that mean that sometimes us husbands don't love our wives? Maybe not as much as we need to, right? So, so, so he's, he's reminding us that we need to love our wives, amen? Just as Christ also loved the church, now he's doing a comparison, and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. So, 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 so uh, Christ loved the church and he gave himself to us and we know that his blood flowed from Calvary so that he could wash us and cleanse us and make us acceptable. Say I'm acceptable. Acceptable to the Father. Amen. I love that. And so and so we need to get revelation. So 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 uh, husbands, when you love your wives, the Bible says you're actually loving yourselves. So 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 you when you love your wife, you actually love yourself and your wife is really a part of you. Amen. And, and so the greatest love that Jesus talked about is sacrificial love. Amen. In other words, it's a love that we that that's going to cost us. Oh, pastor, did you have to go there? It, it, it's a love that that that's going to cost us something. You know, you know, when you say that you love God, you say that you love the body of Christ. To love the body of Christ, I would say, is to, you know, I'm going to, is to come to church. Amen. Because when you come to church, you're making a sacrifice. Yes. 
you got to get up, you got to dress up, you got to doll up, you got to spend time. You, you, you know, it's a sacrifice at times to come to church, isn't it? And uh, some of you drive, like, it's not too much of a sacrifice for me because I don't live too far from this church. I live about five minutes away, so that's a blessing. But some of you drive, like, 25 minutes to come to church. And, and you know what? God sees that, and God's blessed by that. But, but you know, and, and, and so, so it's a sacrifice. So sacrificial love is, is what uh, godly fathers need to emulate. We need to be sacrificial in our love. We know that, that Jesus defined great love in this passage of John 15, 12, and 13. Jesus says it this way, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Think about this. Jesus defined the greatest level of love, and that is to lay down your life. I preached a message one time, the lay down life, or that was a phrase in it. In other words, it's a sacrificial life. It's it's our our Christian walk. A lot of times it's a sacrificial walk with God. We're sacrificing some of worldly pleasures and worldly things to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so so God is pleased when we sacrifice. I love this, that, that God is our Heavenly Father. And the greatest display of God's love to humankind, to mankind, is, is, is in John 3, 16. And John 3, 16, and I do, I, when I'm ministering and I'm witnessing to people, I ask them, do you know what John 3, 16, you know, sometimes they, 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 they sound like that they may know Christ or may have a relationship with God. And, uh, and I ask them, do they know John 3, 16? And you know, even yesterday I was witnessing to somebody at the store. And I asked him, you know, if he knew John 3, 16. And he said, oh, I've heard of that before, but I don't know what it says. You know? and, uh, and I quoted it for him. And, and, uh, but it says here, John, you, you know it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the greatest display of God's love for us is sending his son, Jesus, his beloved son, and allowing Jesus to be tortured. Hello. To be tortured for us so that we don't have to be tortured. Oh, my Lord. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Jesus was tortured for us. He went through all banners of pain so that we could escape torture. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Do do you know the sacrifice that God gave his son that he was well pleased in? Jesus was well pleasing to the father and he always did what the father wanted him to do. So so never did Jesus act independently of his uh, relationship with, with the father. He always acted in line and he obeyed even to the point of the cross. And he was sacrificed. So, 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 so God's love for Jesus is, is humongous. And he allowed, you know, Jesus to be sacrificed so that he could gain our love. Isn't that amazing? So he could gain our love. And, you know, it's a, it's a risk. It's a, sacri- it's a risk 
to give your love to somebody and not have them reciprocate it or give us love back. There's lots of people on this planet that God is trying to draw even today and they're disdaining God's love. They're they're rejecting God's love. But thank God that we haven't rejected his love. We have received it. Amen. And it says in Romans 8, 32, I love this. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all. He shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Think about this. God uh, knew that mankind was in a dilemma when Adam and Eve sinned. Mankind was in a dilemma because now mankind is under the judgment of God. And so, so God had to do something to get mankind out of the judgment so God could pour his blessings on mankind. So the only way he could do that was to make a covenant with Abraham. And through that covenant with Abraham and through the godly seed, through Abraham's seed, all the way till Jesus, Jesus became the grace for us. Amen. And, and so God had to allow his son to go through this so, so that we can escape judgment. And so we could have God's blessings and so that we could have all that God has for us. So 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 he did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us at, uh, for us all. How shall he not with us freely give us all things? In other words, everything that we have. Uh, or everything that God has, we have. In other words, what belongs to God belongs to us. You know, the Bible says that God freely gives us the kingdom. Ooh, glory to God. Through his son, Jesus. We got to get a revelation of that. When we start getting a revelation of how good God is, I'm telling you, our peace level and our joy level is going to go up skyrocket. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in mega peace and I want to walk in mega joy. How many people want to walk in mega peace? So, so let's look at this. Um, now let's practical. Let's bring this to a practical about, about godly fathers. Godly fathers demonstrate the love of God by doing acts of kindness for their spouse and their family. In other, in other, in other words, we need to figure out ways to be blessing our spouse at times and to be blessing our children at times. You know, I was at the store yesterday at the five and below store and the item I bought was over five dollars. So I don't understand how that works. But anyway, um, amen. Anybody ever shop at the five and below? They need to change that name because it was like five forty nine. But we won't go there. And um, and uh, and so I went to the five and below. And by the way. Uh, if you if you ever need like a charger for your car to, to charge up your your car phone or the wires, um, you know, I asked them, you know, what the warranty is. And they said it's it's like unlimited. If, you, if it ever breaks, just come back in. And I'm putting a uh, I'm putting, you know, a, a kudo for them and, and they will give it, give you another one for free with even out without your receipt. I'm not going to charge you for that today. That's free. But as I was in five and below, there's a big candy section over there. And my daughter was asking me a couple weeks ago, I want rock candy. And we and I would like some rock candy. And she was like for days on this rock candy. Anybody ever heard of rock candy? And uh, it, it has to be good because it has the name rock and Jesus is the rock. So, OK, we won't go there. And uh, and so she was saying, I want rock candy. 
And I, and I thought, you know, you know, Christina was, was begging for some rock candy. I'm sure in this candy aisle, there's some rock candy. I know the Holy Spirit was helping me. And so, and so I called my wife. I said, what is that candy? Because I couldn't think of it. She said, rock candy. How could I forget? Because God is the rock. And, uh, and, uh, and there was rock candy at five and below. So I bought like all the flavors. And I said, don't tell, uh, don't tell Christina I'm going to surprise her with rock candy. And I'm telling you, I was in the good graces of Christina uh, yesterday. I brought her some rock candy, amen? And it cost me less than $2, amen? That's, even a, that's a win. <laughs> I, like, I like what one father said to me. I think it was Michael. He said, you know, you know sometimes when you're in a store, uh, your children will want the toy that costs like $15. But you can normally switch it out to a $2 candy bar. And I said, that's, a, that's good advice, Michael. <laughs> and you still win as a father. <laughs> I said, I'm going to take that advice. <laughs> good, good advice. Michael. And, uh, and so fathers demonstrate love by doing acts of kindness to the spouse and family. Amen. Fathers demonstrate love by showing affection to their spouse and kids openly. This is important. You know, I want to say this, husbands, it's okay, you know, to give your wife a kiss in front of your kids. I'm, I'm not talking about this long, passionate kiss. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about a peck on, on, on the... You know, you know, it's good to display affection, you know, around your children so they can see you interacting with love. It's, it's okay, husbands, to hug your wives every once in a while. Okay, it, it, it's okay. It's okay to even hold, your, hold your, your spouse's hand, even if you're sitting with each other in church. Maybe you can put your hand over there. And of course, she slaps it down. No, I won't go there. But... Uh, don't touch me. But yeah, are you, what do you want from me? No, no. Hey, you know, the ladies are always saying, well, I know what you're up to, you know. But, uh, you know, but, but, but we, we, we need an open uh, displays of affection. You know, one of the things I remember when I was growing up was my, my mom and my dad and their love for each other and, and their match made in heaven. And one of the things that my, my, my parents would, it was a custom that if they ever left the house separately, like if my dad needed to go out shopping or my mom, they would always give each other a kiss before they left the house. Think about this. So it was like a custom. Oh, I'm going. Oh, let's get that kiss in. You know, and it was, you know, and, and, that, and that leaves an impression. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, opening the door for your spouse, you know, husbands, you know, being opening the door and all that and, and being nice, doing the small and, and giving a kiss in front of you. You know, that leaves an impression. I think that husbands, I think uh, 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 married couples, why don't you make that a part of your tradition? If you ever leave the house and you got to go somewhere, give your spouse a kiss before you go. And when you come in, give them a kiss and let them know you. You're glad to see him. Is this helping anybody today? You say, oh, do I have to do that, pastor? No, you don't have to. But it's, it's good to show open display of affection. Amen? Amen. And so, and that equates to hugs and kisses. Uh, it's okay to hug your children, fathers. It's okay. It doesn't show weakness to give your kids a hug. Are you hearing what I say today? It's okay to embrace your children, to hug your children. You know, when you do this, everybody do this, and, and this is God hugging on you, amen? Because he's inside of you. You got to give, your, you give yourself a hug, but the Holy Spirit is in you, amen? 
And so fathers also demonstrate their love by sharing what they have with their family. Amen. And so and so uh, I was really blessed this Father's Day. I received something that I've always wanted for Father's Day. And and Yin finally got it for me. And I got a hammock for Father's Day. And uh, I was really jealous because I was over at Israel's house and he had the hammock back in his backyard. And I was a little jealous. Uh, And, you know, he had it all going on back there in the backyard. I actually laid on his hammock just to enjoy it for about three minutes. But uh, but 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 godly fathers, they share what they have. You know, I I, I think about my dad and my dad. um, When I was 16, I didn't have a car. He allowed me to use the Oldsmobile uh, to go out on a date. And I, I was, anybody know what the Oldsmobile, I mean, you, you're driving an Oldsmobile, you got it going on. Not only that, I'm on my first date, you know, I'm 16 and a half, got my driver's license, and he gives me the credit card to fill up the gas. And at that time, they would pump your gas for you. So I pull in with my date and just stick my card out of the window. And it's not my card, it's dad's card. Think about that. The same thing as God is our heavenly father. God wants to bless us with all his heavenly blessings in heaven. All we have to do is ask. All we have to do is ask God for something and he will fulfill it. Do you believe that today? Uh, Yes, we can show that. And when uh, heavenly uh, fathers share what they have, uh, my we're going to show a picture here. When I got in my hammock, my little boy got in my hammock with me. And there it is. And uh, see, see, I was sharing my hammock with Christopher. Amen. Isn't that pretty cool? And he was hugging on me and I was hugging on him. And look at that. Isn't that that could that could make a Father's Day card right there. Sell a million of them. Amen. But look how happy Christopher looked. And I was happy sharing my hammock. But what you can't see was Christina was on the other side. Laying in the hammock. She's laying in that hammock. It's in the house. The hammock was in the house. So it's, it's set up in the house. It needs to go outside. And, and Christina's been borrowing my hammock ever since. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So, so, so godly fathers share. I love that picture. Share uh, what they have with their family. Amen. We're, we're not selfish. Amen. And so let's look at this. In Luke 12, 32, it said it this way. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Think about that. It is God's good pleasure to give us his kingdom. Amen. In other words, God was willing to sacrifice his son, sacrifice his only begotten son, allow his son to go through torture so that he could have our love and so that he could lavish his love on us. That's awesome. Godly fathers lead their families. Amen. So, so the number two attribute of a godly father, uh, godly fathers lead their families. Amen. In other words, we want to lead them into godliness. You know, in the Old Testament, in Joshua 24, 15, it says this. And if it seems evil to you, uh, serve the Lord. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers serve. Uh, that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you, sh- you dwell. But as for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. So Joshua was was talking to the people of Israel and he was saying, you know, and, and some of them got into serving the other other gods of the Amorites. And he said he was saying, wake up, don't be serving these other gods. He was saying, serve God almighty. And he was saying that you need to make a stance that God is going to be who you're going to serve no matter what the pressure of life will try to draw us away from serving God. And so we need to make a stand for our family that God is going to be number one in our families. That we're going to lead our families into all truth. And, and God, our Heavenly Father, is so awesome, He continually leads us into truth. God reveals to us and leads us into truth. John 16, 13 says it this way, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. So, so the, God, the Heavenly Father, uh, gave us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit reveals the love of the Father, and the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. There's another scripture that says uh, in, in, the, in John, in, the, uh, in 1 John, uh, it said that you don't need anyone to teach you per se, but the Holy Spirit will teach you, teach you about the scriptures. In other words, yes, we do have pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets and apostles, and, they, and we're here to build you up and, and God uses us, but the Holy Spirit will show you truth. Amen. And so, so we need to get that revelation. Glory to God. Amen. So, so God the Father desires to lead us into all truth. I like what it says in Psalms uh, 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. So God orders the steps of a godly man. So, so what, what do we do as godly fathers? We lead and guide our children into truth. Number three, godly fathers provide for their families. And so, so a godly father has a desire and a heart to provide for their families. And I'm going to say this, that God wants to provide for us. In Philippians 4, 19 and 20, it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So in Philippians, Paul is saying that God has a desire to supply not part of our needs, but all of our needs. I like what it says in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. In other words, God is pleased to bless us with resources. Uh, Psalms 3410 says this way, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. How many seekers of God do I have in here? And I'm telling you, when you're seeking God and you're seeking his heart, you know, the Bible says that the young lions may lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek God will lack nothing. Do you believe that today? Second Corinthians eight, nine says, for, you know, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that through his poverty, you might become rich. What, what, what is uh, Paul saying here? He's saying that Jesus was stripped at the cross and he became, you know, poverty stricken so that we could be blessed. 
And so that means that the blessing of Abraham is on our life. In other words, God wants, to ha- wants us to have more than enough so that we can help other people. Not just enough just to meet our needs, but enough so we can be a blessing to others. Uh, I like what it says in 3 John uh, 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And, be, and, and all things, and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So, so, so John had the revelation that God wants us to prosper. God wants you prospering. And he will bless you, he will grace you, he will open doors of grace, and he will get blessings to you as long as you seek him with a whole heart. You believe that today? And, 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 so, and so as godly fathers, we want to bless our children. We want to we bless them and, and, and we, we supply their needs, amen, and we supply the family's needs, amen. Uh, number four, godly fathers impart wisdom. If you're a godly father, you have a desire to lead your family into truth and wisdom. I like what it says in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So this is an admonition uh, in Deuteronomy. And the, the, God was saying to the Israelites that you need to uh, teach your children diligently the ways of God. You need, you need to teach them and and uh, uh, how, how do you do that? How do you make that practical? One of the ways that I do that, I pray for my children. I pray for my daughter um, at night. We, we have bedtime and, and I pray for her and, 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 and I tuck her in and pray for her. Every night I'm praying for her. Amen. And when we went to school, I would pray every morning before she went to school. And that's one of the ways that we can bless our children is to openly pray for them. Amen. I uh, want to, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, one of the people, Larry, actually, uh, good having you out here, Larry. And uh, Larry, uh, son, uh, I heard we had a, a men's breakfast yesterday, had terminal cancer, uh, pancreatitis cancer. I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> and uh, but one of the worst cancers in the world. Amen. To, to receive. And normally that's you, you look up the definition of pancreatitis or pancreatitis cancer. I can't even pronounce it. Uh, uh, the definition of it is a death sentence. You know, so really it, not too many people make it through that type of cancer. But but, you know, uh, Larry is a godly man and he was praying with his son um, uh, for healing. And the spirit of the Lord came on Larry. I believe I, I got this right. And said that this sickness is not unto death. And he came through it, got a miracle, and he's healed today. Isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, isn't that awesome? In other words, God can use us parents to pray for our children. And God, and God can use us to, to really help our children out. Isn't that awesome? And, and, and that's such a good feeling. I, that was, I'm glad I was able to add that into my message today. And, and I'm telling you, and when you're able to pray and, and God uses you through a word of knowledge, that's awesome. Amen. That's awesome. Because God promises long life. Yes. 
He promises us long life, and that's the scriptures. And when, when God gives us a scripture to give to our kids and when we're praying for our kids, that's the way to impart wisdom to our kids. Another way to impart wisdom and, uh, is, is through Bible stories. And, and I, I like um, uh, the uh, cartoon called Superbook. Anybody ever heard of that cartoon called Superbook? Uh, it's, it, it's created by CBN. And it has all these Bible stories. You can actually go to YouTube and look up Superbook. I like, as an adult, I like watching it. I like watching the, the stories and they have a good theme. And so on Saturday mornings, we normally come together as a family and, and Christina's there and we, and we watch Superbook together. What, what are we doing? We're imparting, I'm imparting wisdom into my child. I'm, 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 I'm making, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Or even as parents, when we come to church um, and we bring our children to church and they go to Sunday school or uh, children's church, they're getting in part wisdom. And you have a part in their development of their faith by coming out to church and having them be a part of children's church. And they're being built up and strengthened and their life will be never the same. I'm so glad for the foundation that my parents gave me because I grew up going to church and going to Sunday school. And, and, and that foundation has really caused me, I really believe, to be a minister today. And so I love church. I love Sunday school. And, uh, and we find that the children love it in, uh, at Exceed Life Church. Amen. And, and, so, and you guys are just big kids and you like big church. Okay, we won't go there. <laughs> Say I like big church. Amen. And so, and so, uh, it's called Superbook, and you can get a, a, you know, you can buy, you get the CDs, or you can go to YouTube, look up Superbook. I think they even have a website, and you can watch a lot of the the Superbooks free online. Amen. So I, I want to encourage you. You know, you know, uh, godly, you know, bringing wisdom or children. Godly parents bring their children to church and demonstrate the importance of church. Uh, Mary and Joseph took Jesus to church, and we know this. Because in Luke 4, 16, it says, So he came to Nazareth, talking about Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So we know Jesus was brought up going to the synagogue or actually going to church. And, 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 and so Mary and Joseph, you know, raised Jesus up in the church. Isn't that good? And Proverbs 22, 6 says this, train up a child any way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I'm going to say this, that if you instill good things into your children, they may stray. But I'm going to say this, they're coming back. They may stray from the from the faith and we all stray at times. But I'm going to say this, they're marked for God. Do you believe that today? And you keep believing for your children, keep believing for the grace, and God will not let them alone. Now, God would not let me alone when I was backslidden and I was outside the will of God. And you know what? Nothing really worked for me. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you get in the will of God, you receive his blessings and his grace. And I'm telling you, your children, if they're out of the will of God, they will never be happy until they're back into the will of God. You believe that today? Amen. So and, and, and godly fathers provide correction. Godly fathers provide correction. I like, uh, you know, I, I received this from one of the members and I, I mentioned about giving spankings with your hand. And um, uh, and one of the godly one of these godly members uh, mentioned to me that it's really good to discipline with maybe like a switch 
or, or a paddle or, or a belt and not use your hand because your hands should be used for blessings and not used for um, discipline. And so I, I, I like that. So maybe that, that's, that's something that we may adopt that when we when we discipline our children, we use something like a switch or something that's not our hands. Amen. That's that's free. I won't charge you for that today. And uh, and so and so that's something that we may do. But but sometimes you may have to discipline your children. And sometimes you, you can, and every child is different. Some you can scold and they will, they will choke up and, 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 and feel the, the, uh, feel your, your pain for what they did. And some of them may not need a spanking, but some of them may be hard headed. And I don't know, do I have any hard headed adults in here that, that you needed a spanking every once in a while when you were a kid? And some of us are hard-headed, and we need a spanking. Every once in a while, we, we need a spanking from the Lord. Amen? Every once in a while, we need the discipline of the Lord. And, and so in Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, God will discipline. It says, and, and it says here in Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, And have you forgotten the encouragement words God spoke to you as his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one, he accepts as his child. So, so, so how does God discipline us? That, that may be a question. That's good. That's a good question to ask. How does God discipline us? I, I believe that God disciplines us in, in, in this way, um, that, that, that he, in a sense, he, uh, he pulls or he doesn't allow us to have peace or joy. Let's put it that way. He doesn't allow the, his peace or his joy to be in our life when we're in sin. He doesn't allow us to have peace and he does not allow us to have his joy when we're in sin. Amen. In other words, we lose peace and we lose his joy if we're if we're walking out of the love of God and we're walking in some sin. Then we don't sense the presence, which is his peace, and we don't sense his joy. We sacrifice the kingdom benefits. And so a lot of times when we're not in the right place, there's, there's an uncomfortable feeling. There's a, uh, there's a place where you, where you feel like God's not really satisfied. You don't even have satisfaction. Do you, do you, have you ever been there? And you just feel dry. And you, feel, you, just not, you don't feel the presence of God. And that's God sometimes revealing to us. That's sort of his discipline. He, he, he lifts his peace because his peace, well, his grace is his peace and his joy. And if we're walking in sin or we're, we're, we're disobeying him, he can't, he can't say that's okay. In other words, so, so a lot of times his peace and his joy lists from our lives. But when we get back into his loving arms, then guess what he does? He floods us with his peace. He floods us with his joy. We're in that place where, where we just know that God is with us. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? That he will never leave us or forsake us. See, I, in Psalms 51, 11 and 12 says it this way. Uh, this is David and he sinned with Bathsheba. And in Psalms 51, it's kind of a prayer of David coming back to God. And it says here, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Notice David, when he was um, in that sin with Bathsheba, he didn't repent. You know, it took him a while until Nathan came to him. 
And when Nathan the prophet came to him, he had to reveal to David the wrong that David did. And when Nathan came and revealed that to him, David felt the, you know, the, the hurt God felt when David sinned against God. He just didn't sin against, you know, Uriah, you know, uh, Bathsheba's husband by having him killed. He actually sinned against God. And so, so he felt God's grief and his pain. And God, I really believe, will allow when we're stepping out of God's love, he, God will allow us to feel his grief and his pain. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. God will allow us to feel what he feels. Oh, I believe that today. And God will allow us to feel. Why? Because he wants us to move back into that grace zone, if I may. Are, are you hear what I'm saying? Today? And the same thing with with uh, godly fathers. As we discipline our children, we don't discipline them in anger. We discipline them in love. Amen. And when we discipline them in love, you know, I find that when I do discipline my kids, they seem to love me more. Because they they know instinctively when you're when you're trying to correct them when they do wrong, they know that you love them. And you love your children. God loves you. And he wants to bring you into a great place in him. Amen. So 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 what do we do? We 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 in Hebrews 12, 7, it says, as you endure divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father. So we know that we're God's children when we sense his discipline in our lives. You believe that today? Glory to God. I love that. And so, and so um, that's the key. Now, this, uh, the last key is godly fathers demonstrate forgiveness. Godly fathers demonstrate forgiveness. Uh, you know, this is really important that we need to walk in forgiveness towards our spouse. We need to walk in forgiveness towards our children. And, you know, I, I know sometimes um, you can even have children that that may have left the house and may have caused a lot of problems, but you don't stop loving them Amen. and you forgive your children. And, you know, I think about this in, in Luke uh, chapter 15. Uh, Jesus talks about the heart of a loving father and, and, and he talks about that, that he gives a parable of, of a loving father that has two children and one of the sons and, and the loving father is a wealthy man. And one of the sons says, I want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait until you die. Think about that. That sounds like a good loving son, right? And the, and the father, Jesus said, the father gave his inheritance to both his boys, the older boy and the younger boy. He divided up the inheritance even before he passed away. And so, and so we know that the younger boy, and you know that you probably know the story, he went out and he partied with that money and he partied and he spent all that money. And he, as long as, as long as he had money and he was spending it on people, they loved him. But when he ran out of money, he had no friends. And that's kind of what happens when you, when you're flipping the bill, people love you. But if you're not around to be a blessing anymore, you're, you're high and dry. And so we know this, that, that Jesus said that this, this boy was in the pit of despair. He, he was in the pig pen. And, and he was even hung, hungering for the cobs that the pigs were eating. 
and, and, and he was a, you know, and he thought to himself, this is the love of God. This, hey, listen, this is the love of God. God's love is when he wakes us up to repent. When he reveals to us we're in a wrong place. When he reveals to us that we need to get on right track. And it's only by God's love. And, and the boy got to a place where even in my father's house, the servants are treated better than I'm being treated by the world. And because, you know, and so he was thinking, he said, I'm going to go to my father, the son says, and I'm going to let him know I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned against God. I have sinned against you. And I'm not worthy to be called a son. And so he, he, he got up and started moving towards his father's house. And this is so awesome about the heavenly father. That father, Jesus is explaining the story of the love of the father. That father saw the son from far off. So what does that, what does that tell, me, tell, you, tell us? That tells us that God is constantly looking for us to come back to him. He's constantly trying to draw us by his spirit. He's constantly trying to, to get us into a place where he can lavish his love on us. And so we see this story of this man looking. And this man probably got up every day believing that his son would come back out of the waywardness that he was in. And, he, and, he, and every day he probably looked. Oh, and my son's coming back. My son, parents, you need to keep believing that your children are coming back to, to the Lord. Amen. And, 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 and then he saw his child coming. And what did Jesus said? He said the father ran. Ran. Towards the wayward son and gave him a hug, showed display of affection and did not criticize him or condemn him. God's not trying to criticize us today. He's not trying to condemn us today. No, he's trying to love on us today. I'm telling you, he's trying to, he's not looking at your faults. He's looking at the blood of Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? He's focusing on the good things that he has instilled on each one of you. And this, and this father hugged his son, loved him, put a robe of righteousness on him, put, his, put sandals on his feet, and then gave him the ring on his finger that represents that he was back in with the family, that he could walk with the family, that he wasn't just a servant, he was a son. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And sometimes when we're out there and we're out away from God, we, don't, we feel almost like we don't deserve God's blessings in our life we don't feel like we, we it's that spirit of condemnation that comes on us and condemnation is the worst spirit that can come on a christian because it makes you feel worthless and that god doesn't love you but i'm going to say this to you to you today god loves you with an everlasting love in spite of your weaknesses in spite of your your frailties in spite of your 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 misdeeds god loves you you got to believe that. And God's not going to give you up because he's not going to leave you. Or As long as you don't give God up, as long as you keep fighting, if you know, a good man will fall seven times, the Bible says, but he gets back up. As long as you keep getting back up, keep getting back up, keep getting back up, keep walking with God, keep walking with God, keep walking with God, no matter what, I'm telling you, you're going to see the blessings of God on your life. Do you believe that today? Say, keep walking with God. 
Glory to God. Don't give up on God because God is not going to give up on you. Don't throw in the towel because it's hard. Don't say, oh, God doesn't love me because I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a trial. No, God loves you. God loves you with an everlasting love. And he's with you in the trial. He's with you in the tribulation. He's with you. He's in your boat. He's not going to let your boat sink. He's going to make sure that you make it to the other side intact. And you will recover all. Do you believe that today? God is with you. And as godly fathers, we need, we need to let our children know that no matter how they act, no matter what they do, and even things that displease us, that we love them and we're not going to forsake them. And we're not, we're not, we're not going to stop praying. For, we're going to keep praying for them and believe that God's best is going to be in their lives. Do you believe that today? Amen. I'm telling you, we need to give God, our Heavenly Father, our highest praise. We need to thank Him because He drew us out of the kingdom of darkness, the tyranny of Satan, and He brought us into His dear Son's kingdom of love. And we have all the blessings of heaven of heaven that, that we can attain in this life and the life thereafter. Glory to God. I'm telling you, Father God, I thank you. For your mercies, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you, Father, that you sent your son not to judge us, not to condemn us, but to save us. And I thank you for those that are in the audience this morning. I thank you for those that are watching online. And Father, I know your heart is to draw us by your spirit. You're not focused on our misses and our our sins. You're focused on the love that you have for us. And perhaps you're here today. Maybe maybe you're in the audience. Maybe you're online. And, and you're not in a right place with God the Father. You're you're out you're you're dabbling in the world. You're you're doing things that you know that aren't right and and, and you know that you need to get right with God. And maybe maybe you're just you know you just need to come to church. You 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 you've been out of church for a while as time Time to come back into the Father's house. And so I just want to want to pray for you. Maybe you've never received the love of God and you don't know what it feels like to have the love of God. God can give you that love right now. And I, I want to lead you in a prayer. Maybe you never prayed this prayer. Maybe this is the first time watching a message like this online. I want you to pray this prayer. And I believe that God's love will invade your life and you will sense the presence and the peace and the joy of God. Just say this and mean in your heart if you're ready to move into a close relationship with God. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification to make me right with you. So Jesus... I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on sin and Satan, and I turn fully to you. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 